CFL fans, are you ready? Because it's time for the Canadian Football Countdown on Mike FM Winnipeg. Canadian Football Countdown starts now! Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. As always, I'm Ryan Cooper alongside Michael Garrell, and we are back for the final episode of our nine-part off-season outlook series here as we talk the Toronto Argonauts. This will be this is being released on Thursday, February 8th. We're recording it Wednesday, February 7th. So if you haven't already done so, go back and listen to part eight, which came out on Wednesday, in which we talked about the Calgary Stampeders. But here we are to talk about the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, let's bring them in. Michael Garrell, how are you, Mike? I'm all right. Yourself? Oh, good. It's been uh, it's been a solid fifteen minutes since uh, since we last recorded an episode together. So you know it's been a while. Lots has happened. Ugh, what has happened? Well, uh, in terms of CFL news that's happened, uh, we have a bunch of news over the past week um, that's come out. That we talked about some of it on the last episode, and we have a bunch to talk here, including some breaking news, Mike, involving the number one free agent on the CFL's free agent list. Would that be Mr. Spencer? Deontay Spencer signing a one-year contract extension with the Ottawa Red Blacks this afternoon to remain with the Red Blacks for next year. That's interesting because I heard earlier today or yesterday that he might have had some NFL opportunities. He apparently had three tryout, three NFL tryouts, um, which I guess did not pan out to landing a job in the NFL, and now he has settled down with the Ottawa Red Blacks. That's great. I think... Uh, I think Spencer has the ability to be one of those guys who could have an MOP quality season in 2018. You know, Spencer, to me, he he would be in my category of receivers, but I would categorize as game breakers. Right. And a very, 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 very good addition to a Ottawa receiving core that needs a few pieces that has some uncertainty at the receiver position 922 year receiving yards last year and he also had uh let's see i'm just trying to add it up something like 1700 special teams yards that's punt return yards kickoff return yards combined i mean this guy it on both offense and special teams dominated in 2017 you look no further than that game they lost in the playoffs the eastern semifinal to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders where he was basically the go-to target the entire first half for Ottawa and then they shut down everyone else but they couldn't shut down Deontay Spencer so this is a guy that he had he had a strong start when he was with the Argos came over last year and and joined the Ottawa Red Blacks had an outstanding season then and I can't wait to see how he takes it to the next level in 2018. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting how, and this is not well, just related to Spencer, but in general, uh, guys that take kind of small roles coming into the CFL, and then they go somewhere else, and they just evolve into this 
number one receiver, game breaker threat, just to see how players' games evolve over their course of time in the CFL. I mean, and, and let's not forget his record-breaking game last year against Hamilton, where he had, just reading it here uh, to remember, 496 all-purpose yards in a single game, setting a CFL record. I mean, like you said, he's a game-breaker. If he would have hit free agency come Tuesday, I would not be surprised if all eight other CFL teams made an inquiry to try to bring him in. Yeah, and you know what? That's one of those receivers where priority number one for the Red Blacks. I, I think any uh, free agent that garners interest from four or more CFL teams is considered a target that a certain team has to bring back. That's fair. And, you know, Deontay Spencer is one of those that would have had all nine teams calling, including the Ottawa Red Blacks, had he hit the market next week. Right. And, uh, and it's, it sounds like to me, Ryan, but I don't think, and I, I don't know this off the top of my head, but it sounded like this deal was done for a while. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. But Spencer just wanted to follow up on NFL opportunities. And those fell through, and now he's got the deal, right? Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Uh, the Red Blacks also signing offensive lineman Nolan McMillan to a one-year contract extension. So um, he's been with the team since the team began. He was uh, he was selected first overall in the 2013 draft by the team, so he's sticking around for another year. Uh, seems to be a strong member of that offensive line for the Red Blacks. Yeah, and another one of those, I believe he's also a national Um yeah, because he was first overall pick in the draft, which would make him a national. Yeah, so you can't, you know, the value of national offensive linemen in today's CFL has never been higher. True. And the value of offensive linemen in general has never been higher. So, again, a really good signing for Ottawa. Well, Mike, moving over to the Toronto Argonauts, which we'll spend plenty of time talking about in this episode. Obviously, over the last couple of weeks, they've been more so in the media in a negative standpoint from the uh, the talk with the uh, with Victor Butler and the James Wilder situations. But some very good news for Argos fans coming out this week. A couple pieces of really good news. Ricky Ray is coming back for another year. We've seen this kind of scenario unfold a couple more times with the fact that uh, Ottawa had both Trevor Harris and Henry Burris, and now the same kind of thing is developing in Toronto with James Franklin backing up Ricky Ray and uh, getting a chance to learn the ropes. And I believe uh, the deal for James Franklin was a multi-year deal, two or three years, I can't remember um, for sure, but... It really looks like this might be Ricky Ray's final season. And if it is, what a great opportunity for Ricky Ray to bring along the next Ardor quarterback and for the next Ardor quarterback to have a shoulder to lean on in uh, Ricky Ray. And I'm super excited to see him back. Uh, I think it's a great thing for the Argos organization to have this tandem of these two. I think it's a great thing for James Franklin. 
I don't know if we've gotten thoughts from him based on it all, but you had to think he realized the potential of Ray to come back. And I don't think this is a situation where, you know, we had that Brandon Bridge situation with Saskatchewan where it's like, okay, I'll sign a deal here expecting to be the number one guy. And then, oh, wait, they bring in a guy like Caleros. I think James, for James Franklin, it's a situation to look at. I get, I get to learn from one of the greatest quarterbacks in CFL history, and then the job is mine next year, right? Yeah, and you know what? It's, 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 there, there is no comparison, Ryan, between the two situations. I think that this is more like I said earlier, a situation of like what happened in Ottawa a couple years ago. Right. More so, so than more so than that of what happened in Saskatchewan. You know, and, and, and I applaud Ricky Ray for making this decision because the easy decision, I think, would be I won a great cup, let's go out on top, let's, mm-hmm. let's hang it up here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when he clearly can still play football at yep. the pace. I mean, he, he was, I think, the East nominee for most outstanding player. Yep in 2017 and if it wasn't for Mike Riley could very well won it. Um, so I, I, Ray's got a lot to deliver out on the field. You, you, you can go out of the, you can go out of the CFL in one of two ways and well, and, and, and kind of in between, I guess you yep. can go out to the Henry Burris way of won the gray cup, go out on top, or there's the other side of the spectrum. You can go with the Anthony Calvillo way and decide, no, okay, I want to come back for one more year and then be forced out of the game due to injury. And I'm hoping that that doesn't happen for Ricky Ray. Yeah, and, you know, Ricky Ray is a really good uh, person to have in the locker room. I remember when Ricky Ray broke into the lead, uh, I believe it was in 2002 or 2003, might be off by a year or so. And I remember a rookie, Ricky Ray, leading the Eskimos into the Great Cup against a veteran by the name of Anthony Calvillo. And it was a great game. Ricky Ray almost won the game. That was a game where they had a two-point convert inside the final three minutes to try to tie it. They couldn't get it. And Edmonton tried an onside kick, and it bounced right to Jermaine Copeland, and he picked it up off the ground and runs for the game-stealing touchdown. Little did we know that that was the start of, I think we kind of knew it that year. I remember being a little kid and watching. And the only reason I remember this game in particular is I had it on an old VHS tape up until about (laughs) two years ago. When the VHS tape finally broke. Oh no! Yeah, so, but uh, interesting to know that the legend of Ricky Ray was starting to form back then. Yeah, and, and, I mean, this is a dream scenario for the Argos. They have their quarterback for right now, and they have their quarterback for the for the future, and 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 they're so nicely set up for this. Just the way Ottawa was with Burris and Harris, and how. Harris had a year with Burris in front of him to learn from and then takes over the starting role. Same thing going on in Toronto here. It's going to be great for the Argos. You know, and since we're talking about the Argos today, I, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about where this franchise was 365 days in all. Didn't yes. have a head coach, didn't have, uh, didn't have a general manager. Uh, about nine months later, they went a great cup a year later about to put the finishing touches on their project to maybe uh, repeated Great Cup champions. 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't honestly see that coming, what transpired over the past season. Another big one here for the Argos, SJ Green re-signing through 2019. And he's one of those guys that you mentioned that was brought in um, in free agency last year that, that nobody, I mean, after the way he tore his, I think it was his ACL or his Achilles the year before, missed basically the entire 2016 season. No one knew what to expect from SJ Green. The Argos go and acquire him last offseason for, for very minimal from the Alouettes. And, and he had an outstanding season, and they have him back for twenty for the next two years. Great deal here for the Argos. You know, and I remember uh, it was not a necessarily typical free agency uh, signing for the Ardenauts. I remember that uh, Montreal wanted to part ways with him Prior, uh, Jim Pop had just become the general manager in in Toronto, and he offered a very uh, high, sorry, a very low draft pick. I think it might have been a fifth or sixth or seventh rounder. I can't remember. And one player who no longer exists in the CFL for the rights to SJ Green, and that kind of started with. Uh, Jim Pop and Mark Trestman put in their stamp on the Argonauts. So the Argos get two big pieces back, Ricky Ray, SJ Green. One wide receiver they won't have back for next year is Devere Posey. Um, released by the team, he was to be a free agent. They released him early to find NFL opportunities, and he has landed with the Baltimore Ravens as of today. Well, I have a question, Ryan, and I know we talked about this last week, uh, you know, with the players not being released to pursue NFL opportunities and such. I, I don't remember if we talked about this at all, but I ended the discussion uh, worth having here very quickly. What's your view on, and it's obviously happened a lot, where, you know, players get released from contracts to pursue NFL opportunities. Where do you stand on that? I mean, if they're releasing them early, I, I think it's a courtesy to the fat to the players if they are I mean I think you mentioned this last week yep. if a player is going to be a free agent and is planning on taking a shot at the NFL if they're not planning on re-signing with you because they want to go to the NFL anyways why not and they've made that clear to you why not release them and give them that opportunity if they are going to be a free agent it puts you in their good books if the NFL opportunity doesn't you know pan out for them to say oh yeah hey this team you know was nice enough to give me a couple extra days head start yeah and and here's an interesting thing too you also have to think about team brand as well right like the toronto ardenauts or ottawa red Blast or saskatchewan rough riders whoever it might be has a player signing from the cfl to the nfl that looks good on said team right right and then people go, oh, who are the Saskatchewan Roughriders? Oh, who are the Toronto Ardenauts? Let me look into that, right? It's it's kind of for those that are maybe looking for football opportunities but see, hey, this team has a player that signed an NFL contract. Maybe that's the best way for me to get to the NFL. Right. The Argos making a couple other signings here. Uh, defensive lineman Ken Bishop, wide receiver Brian Timms, and wide receiver Chandler Worthy also all re-signed by the Argos. So getting prepared, getting a couple more of their pieces back before they look uh, come Tuesday to 
bringing in a couple new pieces. That's awesome, and I, I would expect the Ardos, no, they won't finish in last place like I predicted last year. <laughs> I roll. Um, yes. No, I, I expect the Ardos to be, to be very competitive this year. Yeah, me as well. And uh, I'm very curious here, really quickly, I know we're going to talk about the Ardos later on, just exactly what kind of uh, things Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment is going to do to put people in the seats Right. Yeah, that, that's the big that's the big interest for me as well. Um, moving on, uh, let's move to the hometown Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mike. Uh, a couple pieces of news over the last week for the Bombers. Um, the biggest of them coming yesterday, Maurice Leggett signed to a one-year contract extension. And as a Bombers fan, I'm so, so happy. I saw the video that he posted about him doing uh, slam dunks in the basketball court <laughs> last week. Man alive at ACL, whatever they're toward the Achilles or whatever. Man, that looks good. Yeah. I there's questions made whether or not he'll be ready for the start of the season. I mean, based on what I saw there, I, I'm I'm expecting Mo Liget to be back in his number thirty one on the football field in June when the bombers get ready and play and their preseason games. I, I could not be happier. No, Dion, me, me as well. Uh, Maurice Leggett, I mean, he, he's the heart and soul of the Bombers' defense, arguably. He brings a level of energy to the team that and, and leadership to that defense that uh, he, one of the most integral pieces for the Bombers' defense. And, and I'm so happy that he's back for next year because we knew, like we talked about, that uh, they wouldn't be able to keep all three of Randall, Leggett, and TJ Heath. And, and and this is no knock on TJ Heath at all because he's a, an incredible player himself. But I I really see Chris Randall and Maurice Leggett as the t- two cornerstones of the Bomber defense and uh, excellent decisions by Kyle Walters to be able to bring these guys back. Yeah, for sure. And you know it's a very dead like I like how the Winnipeg Blue Bombers methodically fought about everything. You know, they were quiet for the longest time as to whether Richie Hall would be back. But now you're starting to kind of see the evolution of what I think will be a new look defense with their earlier signings of Gator, among others. Yeah, and, and you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Bombers' earlier signings. One of those coming this week, one that I was pretty excited about when I think you broke the news to me, was the signing of defensive back Anthony Gator a guy that spent time with the BC Lions over the last two years, also went to the NFL for a little bit and has some NFL experience. I, I, I'm excited by that. I, uh, I I think it's safe to say at this point that there's TJ Heath is not coming back for the Bombers. I, I, the Bombers have all but confirmed that at this point, that he'll be heading to free agency. Um, so I, I, I think Gator brings another great option at defensive back, perhaps a cheaper option at defensive back. And I mean, I think I was telling you yesterday, Mike, the Bombers have a decent looking secondary, like a pretty darn good looking secondary coming into next year um, with the likes of Chris Randall, Maurice Leggett, Anthony Gator and Stephen Clark, the other addition a couple weeks ago, um, as well as, you know, the rookies they had last year and Brian Walker and Brandon Alexander, coupled with obviously safety uh, Taylor Loeffler. I think it's a great secondary the Bombers have. Let's be, let's face it. The secondary was the fire. We came the most under fire 
uh, of any position on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Right. In the season. So the Bombers kind of went about fixing it in a way unconventional to the way most people thought they would fix it. How so? By, by signing, you know, I didn't even realize that players like Gator were available. So going to fix it prior to the free agency, uh, going to fix it prior to free agency and fixing it that way, you know, this to me is an encouraging way to fix it. Right, and, and, and it almost in a sense, I mean, it allows Kyle Walters then to once free agency drops on Tuesday to go and focus on other pieces while other teams are now trying to fill their defensive back holes. He, he's already he's already brought in the pieces for that. He can focus elsewhere while others are focusing on that position, right? Right. Other news from Bomberland, we mentioned Anthony Gator, we mentioned Maurice Leggett. Um, so of their remaining big-name free agents, th- they've basically confirmed at this point that Travis Bond, TJ Heath, Jamal Westerman, who else is on that list I'm thinking about, Mike? Uh, yeah. Kevin Fogg, Thomas... They're, they're all heading to free agency. And it's interesting. I think we'll touch on this on Friday's podcast uh, right. a little bit when it comes to free agency. I just got a note, too, from the Bombers, but Kyle Walters is going to be addressing the media Friday morning. Well, we'll look forward to that. We'll talk more about that then. Uh, and also uh, releasing quarterback Dominic Davis this past week. I think that was to be expected with the addition of Darian Durant. Yeah, yeah, and also too, they have a look at uh, three or four guys, rookie kids that they signed, um, to fill that number three spot. So again, not all that surprising. Right. Um, moving over to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here, Mike. And, and I also believe that uh, no contract will be offered to Dan Lafever in the same sentence. Right. Um, moving over to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, they, uh, they've released several guys over the past week or so. Um, Jeff Knox Jr. and Casey Rogers both released to pursue NFL opportunities. They were to be free agents. Um, they've also released Keenan LaFrance and Shakir Bell. Um, Keenan LaFrance under contract for next year, uh, signed a $110,000 contract before last season, making a lot of money off of that performance in the 2016 East Final and Grey Cup. Um, what do you make of Keenan LaFrance as a free agent? Is he is he a guy, where do you expect to see him go, or is that something we should save for Friday? Uh, something we should say to Friday, but... Mm, me think Kyle Walters might have an announcement up his sleeve. Um, the Riders also re-signed defensive end Willie Jefferson. I think we mentioned that on the episode that came out on Wednesday already. Um, great re-signing there. Him together with the addition of Charleston Hughes is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, also signing, uh, or they've also named their quarterback coach for this year. Uh, Steve Walsh named the quarterback coach for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Moving into talking about the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, Adari- the release of Adarius Bowman and the trade of Odell Willis was really the two major pieces from this past week, kind of things we didn't really expect to see anytime soon, but they, uh, the Eskimos trying to clear salary cap space, 
We talked a lot about that on Wednesday's episode as well, Mike, but the cutting of the cap space um, for the Eskimos, uh, do they have something up their sleeve or is it just trying to bring back as many guys as they can? Trying to bring back as many guys as they can, but also keep their options open for free agency. They are hosting the great cup. Um, just keep in mind. So I don't I don't think they I don't think they wanna hand tie themselves to to uh, having to make a decision right away. Yeah, and I don't think we really talked too much about the release of Adarius Bowman, besides just mentioning that he was due a bonus the next day on Wednesday's episode. I, I, I think it's something, the release of Adarius Bowman, that, I mean, again, from the fan perspective, it sucks because you know they love him there in Edmonton. But I think the Eskimos are going to be all right without him. I looking at their wide receiving core. You've, you, yes, they've lost Brandon Zilstra to the NFL, but they've got Darrell Walker back for another year. They've got Duke Williams. They've got Bryant Mitchell, which is a guy I, I I'm expecting a pretty solid year from if he can get time in the lineup. He had he showed a lot of bright spots in 2017. Uh, so they have options at wide receiver. They uh, including Videl Hazelton, who they just signed to a one year contract extension as well. Yeah, so it's a very uh, interesting dynamic. Just to talk about uh, Edmonton real quick, they should have no problems at wide receiver. The problem is they have a plethora of wide receivers that are like game breakers. They all couldn't necessarily get in the lineup. And when you can't get in the lineup, why would you rationalize paying somebody a bonus when you have somebody basically to replace them on the roster already? Right. Eskimos also re-signing uh, fullback James Tuck through 2019. A depth move for them, too. Right. Uh, a couple more minor moves, uh, maybe not so minor. The uh, BC Lions signing a couple nationals for two one-year contract extension, defensive lineman Max Ford and offensive lineman Hunter Stewart. Um, and the uh, uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats making a couple moves here, Mike. Uh, re-signing defensive end Justin Capicotti to a two-year contract extension. This is a guy to me that's still trying, I think, to get back to what the level of play he was at when he was with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Because if you remember, he was one of the top defensive linemen in the league when he was with Ottawa. He gets that big payday from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Things don't go well there. He gets, I believe, cut by the Riders and ends up finding his way to Hamilton. Um, and, and and a big release by the Ticats as well. Defensive back Emmanuel Davis has been with the team for several years. Um, he had an off year in 2017. The Ticats release him. He now becomes a free agent and perhaps a team looking to fill a hole at defensive back. We'll take a look at a guy like Emmanuel Davis. Yeah, and I would have penciled them in maybe to be the Bombers with the Bombers, like the piece that the Bombers need, but I think they've kind of restructured the back end of their defense. Right. And then finally, our final couple signings here, uh, a couple guys named Washington, uh, defensive back DeMond Washington and offensive lineman Tony Washington, both signing contract extensions with the Hamilton Tiger Cats for... 2018, uh, possibly longer, but it was not specified in the news releases. Interesting to me here, I know you touched on Capitotti. That guy's kind of been all over the place since having his breakout year. Uh, nice to finally have him uh, find a home. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point there. 
Getting in, switching gears here, Mike, off-season outlook, Toronto Argonauts. Let's finish off this nine-part series by talking about the 2017 Grey Cup champs. If we want to talk about the 2017 season and what went well, well, I, I think it's very clear what went well. They won the Grey Cup. Well, end of, end of recap. Yeah, all right. See you guys next week. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, things didn't start well. Let's put it there. But well, they did, they did though. Well, things, that's the, what I mean by that is, well, like I said earlier, didn't have a coach, didn't have a GM. Oh, okay, yeah. So if you want to take that as far back, and then all of a sudden we did a Twitter alert, uh, Mark Chuckman and named coach, Jim Pop named head coach, and whoa is the reaction. And maybe waiting everybody out was not the worst idea. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of it kind of started to gain momentum right from there. Right. The 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 Argos start off their season, uh just taking a look here. They start off their season about three and they start off three and two. Um, so decent start to the season for them, but uh, kind of all season long, they were a team that was in the middle of the pack, right? They never really went on long win streaks. They never really went on increasingly long losing streaks. It was kind of, okay, well, they had, yeah, they had two wins here, three wins there, a couple losses here and there. They finished the season with a 9-9 nine and nine record and host the, uh, and finished first in the East Division, so Kind of a, a middle-of-the-pack season for the Argos, a beneficiary of a weaker division. They get it. All they have to do is win the one game to get to the Grey Cup. They go and pull off the last-second comeback against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and go to the Grey Cup, and that's when the magic happens for the Argos. Right, and people are kind of like, oh, you know what? They kind of had a short route to the Grey Cup, blah 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 right? They... You know, they should have been maybe reseeded teams like the Bombers and the Eskimos should have had a bye, yada, yada, yada. Paul March, Toronto deserved to be in the Grey Cup. They outplayed Saskatchewan for the most part. And Ricky Ray had a game-winning engineer drive in the semifinal, or sorry, in the division final. And it kind of just set the stage for what was to come in the Grey Cup with, you know, I don't think, in fairness, the Argos were favored to win in the East Final, given the way the Rough Riders played. And you can agree on me with that, or you can disagree, whatever, you know, your take is on that. But I would say the Eastern Division Final helps set the stage for the Grey Cup. Yeah, and, and you know, if you want to talk about things that went well for the Argos in 2017, it's kind of a double-edged sword. This is something that went well and didn't go well in terms of uh, home field for the Argos. They didn't have a lot of people in the stands at BMO Field, but the people in the stands definitely were loud and made a difference because the Argos were 6-3 and three at home. Six of their nine wins came at home, um, and you always want to have a good home record, right? And that's that's something that hopefully, as seasons go along, together with the Grey Cup win, together with the sale to Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, puts people in the seats in Toronto. 
I don't know if it'll happen this year, but it'll happen in the next couple of years. Right. Another thing that, to me, went really well for the Argos in 2017 is I think coming into the year, we didn't have a good feeling for what their offense was going to be. Because right at the end of the last season was when they basically got rid of most of their wide receivers, Hazleton, Gurley, and Elliott being the big three among there. They lose Deontay Spencer in the offseason to Ottawa. Uh, there were a lot of questions coming in. I mean, I'd start at quarterback when we heard, you know, Ricky Ray is going to be the quarterback for 2017. They don't really have a backup plan in place behind him. Oh, we're not sure how that's going to go because, well, what if he gets injured, which he only missed one game, I believe, in 2017. And, you know... I think the definition of the Argos, and this is how I think this is what led to them winning the Grey Cup, is they took chances. Yeah, and can I just bring the Super Bowl into this? Because I think both games were kind of the same when you talked about, you know, taking chances. Super Bowl, uh, Philadelphia took some chances on a reverse pass. Hello and thank you for stealing that from the Blue Bomber playbook. <laughs> uh, where Ned Foles received the pass uh, from his receiver on fourth down, nonetheless, for a touchdown. Just the game-changing plays that Philadelphia made that kept drives going, but they made huge plays on drives to extend drives, and the art did much the same in that game. Uh, Made a gutsy, gutsy couple calls. Um, more in particular, the two-point cover to Dicklin Cross. Right. And that was kind of a a fluky play because I think Gray was getting hit, and it had just enough art, just enough art to wind up in the hand of Dicklin Cross. Not, not to mention a, a going. You have Devere Posey lining up against a guy who hasn't given up a touchdown all season long, and you, you throw the long bomb to him for a hundred yard touchdown. Um, but I'm not necessarily even talking about play calling for the Argos. I'm talking about in the personnel they employed on their team because you look at guys coming into the year like or with a receiving core, Devere Posey, Armonte Edwards. You know, young guys like this, we weren't sure what we were going to get from them. We thought they had potential. I don't think we, but they, they definitely impressed us. Um, a guy like S.J. Green that we're not sure how he was going to, you know, bounce back from his injury. We mentioned Ricky Ray's injury history and whether he could stay healthy. Um, and, and we haven't even mentioned James Wilder. The fact that Brandon Whitaker goes down, James Wilder comes in and basically is the MOP of the second half of the season. So the Argos gave some young guys some shots here and they took some chances and it paid off for them. I, I'm not sure if Posey was a first-year player in the CFL or not. I think, I think it was his second year. But yeah, I, I think it might have been because otherwise he would have been a nominee for Rookie of the Year, hands down. Right, yeah. But it's the contribution to players like Posey, like Wilder, etc., etc. Throw another guy named uh, Anthony Coombs into that list. He was a big contributor yeah. all season long. Yes, the former uh, Manitoba Bison. Um, but as well, you know, it's like any team, right? You don't know what you're going to get when you give Rookie the chance in any sport, in any league, etc. Until they pleasantly surprise you. 
like what a couple of Ardos did this year. Yeah, and I think their defense impressed me as well. I wasn't sure what to make of their defense coming into the year, um, and that they they really had a decently strong defense. I mean, like Victor Butler, first year in the CFL. I know he's kind of you know out in the media right now with the whole the Argos are holding me hostage thing. But in terms of his play on the field in 2017, it was it, 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 he he was a force to be reckoned with. And there were several other guys on that Argos defense that. I believe, I don't recall all the changes that came in the offseason before, but I believe the Argos did a pretty solid number on reinventing their defense coming into this year. They had Corey Chamberlain, as def- brought him in as defensive coordinator. He helped with that. I know there's rumors now that perhaps he won't be back next season, but I, I think I think on all sides of the ball, the Argos reinvented them- themselves coming into 2017, and I think that's part of the large reason why we we predicted them to finish last because we weren't sure how that was going to pan out for them. And yeah, there was, there was more unknowns than knowns in Toronto coming into the season. Right, and clearly it all worked out for them because they go on to win the Grey Cup, and they're Grey Cup champions. And now, now, like you said before, what a change from 365 days ago where this is a team that we're not sure what we're going to see from them in free agency because they didn't have a general manager um, and we didn't see a sense of direction from them. And then now all of a sudden, 365 days later, it's okay. Now how do we repeat as Grey Cup champions? Yeah, it's a very interesting... Uh, it's one of those things, I think, in sports, Ryan, where everything, as far as a championship, if a team didn't win a championship, has to have the little things go right. Now, now we kind of talked about what all went well. Was there anything, was there anything that didn't go well for the Argos in 2017? Because this is is a team that lost nine games. Um, what what was the factor in that for you? Well, the factor in that to me, I think looking back, wasn't so much about what went wrong for the Argos, more so of finding a way to get all the pieces to play together. And I think that was a lot of the byproduct at the beginning of the season. Uh, Ricky Ray getting a new offensive system. It took him some time to to get uh, accustomized uh, to an offense. It took the defense a little while to turn a corner uh, with Corey Chamberlain. So, you know, there really is not a lot of uh, things that I could blame on the Ardos, you know, going as far as going wrong. Yeah, and, and if we want to talk about guys that impressed us uh, in 2017, I think we mentioned a lot of those names already, the DeVere Posey, Armonte Edwards, um, you know, the Victor Butler, S.J. Green's comeback, uh, James Wilder, certainly among them. Ricky Ray impressed me a heck of a lot because I didn't I didn't know we Ricky Ray had that level of play still in him coming into the year. I thought, oh, okay, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Yes, he can still play, but he's not effect- as effective as he used to be. He's uh, he- he's going to get injured at some point this year. Full credit to him, Eastern Most Outstanding Player nominee. Yeah, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, when you, when you look at... To me, I had a lot of questions if Reggie Ray was even going to make it through the season when he sustained a shoulder injury that he did. And just how Ricky Ray in general was going to be able to handle the bumps and grinds of the season. And I'm happy to say that he proved me wrong and proved a lot of people wrong. 
Right. And, and yeah, because if you remember, um, he he did get injured there, but he only missed one game or so. And I, I, I think that's interesting if you want to talk about, you know, just getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit. Holes or like key positions to focus on for the Argos in the this offseason. I would have said backup quarterback. They've solved that already by bringing in James Franklin. Yeah. In terms of people who performed well, and I'll throw another guy out there, Liram Haroahu, um, former bomber kicker with the Argos. I know he was with them the year before already, but he had a really solid year for the Argos, and it's great to see him finding success in Toronto after you know such a promising rookie season in Winnipeg. He hits that sophomore slump, but clearly he's found his stride again with the Argos. I think mean, the Bombers saw this as, you know, Liam was a good person, a good player, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think the opportunity that Medlock was an upgrade over what they had in Liam, and the uncertainty maybe of a possible uh, rookie slump was just too great to. Uh, like it was too much for the Bombers to pass up, and I, I think it was more Liam being a victim of circumstance. Yeah, um, shifting to, was there anyone that disappointed you in 2017? Well, I know this isn't necessarily 2017, but can I throw Victor Butler's comments? You can throw whatever you want in there. I really, I have a hard time uh, reading the comments of Victor Butler. Yeah, I I would have to say that to me is the most disappointing thing, even though that was kind of, kind of out of the season but uh right other know. other than that i i really don't see anyone on the list uh on the argos roster or on their free agent list that was really disappointing to me with their play i mean maybe you could i guess justify throwing brandon whitaker on there due to the injuries um and then just not being able to get back in the lineup. But I, I don't chalk that on bad play from Whitaker. I chalk that up to uh, just outstanding play from James Wilder. Yeah, and you know what? When one guy falters, it's time for another guy, you know, to kind of step up and carry the mail. And... And, and maybe another guy I'll throw on that list is wide receiver Jeff Fuller. Now, this is a guy that, with his in his days in Calgary, was a very effective wide receiver. He got a shot down in the NFL. It didn't pan out, or he, he didn't stick around. He comes back to the CFL, and I think there were I think there were some decently high expectations for what he was going to bring to the Argos. Never really amounted to too much in 2017, though. Again, some guys carry more hype than others, and well, it certainly disappointed me now that I really faint about it. I mean, this guy was the guy. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I. Memory shows that he may have been in Saskatchewan for a time. Uh, he was with Calgary. Oh, Calgary, okay. Yeah, he, and might, he, he might have been in Saskatchewan briefly, actually. I think last season he might have spent a couple games with the Riders, but, but he spent the bulk of his time with Calgary before going to, I believe, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and, you know, you'd think that guy coming back from NFL would uh, have a little more jump in his step. Right. But... I- Again, it's like, how much do we read into that, right? And and another guy for me, and and I can't say this is a disappointment for the Argos because he only played one game with them, um, but the fact that he ended up moving to the Argos halfway through the season because he was released by his former team 
was Khalil Bass. This such a strong player when he was with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Moves over to to the Ottawa Red Blacks in the offseason last year. Things don't work out there. He gets cut halfway through the season, I believe, and goes on to play for the Toronto Argonauts. How much of that is the victim of a player maybe on a downfall? Or how much of that is the victim of uh, circumstance or scheme? Uh, probably sometimes you don't know, right? We, we could argue that in any case over and over. Every situation different. Right. Moving into talking about this year, what what's the key in free agency for the Argos? Try to get better. I mean, I don't want to say they were lucky to win the Grey Cup last year, but nine wins and nine losses or eight, nine and one, whatever they finished off with. Nine and nine. Isn't usually a, isn't usually a record uh, that'll get you into the Grey Cup. So had they had to win two games and then go to the Grey Cup, I don't know if they would have been there, to be honest with you. But they just need to continue to refine specific areas and get better. Any any specific positions they need to focus on? Um, You know, they need to upgrade their defense a little bit. You know, the back end of the defense, they're a little bit young. Um, front end of the offense, you know, to try to maybe – Shore up that offensive line again, Canadian depth. Um, they need to figure out what they're doing at the running back position. Because, yeah. Because if James Wilder is sitting out 2018, I don't know who they currently have under contract. Uh, that's a good point, too. I didn't think about that. Because uh, they, they, Brandon, now Brandon Whitaker is a free agent, um, but they also do have Anthony Coombs under contract. They do still have Declan Cross under contract. I know he's more of a fullback role. And they do have uh, their kick returner slash running back, Martise Jackson. So do you think the Argos look to stick with maybe, okay, this is Coombs' time to shine if James Wilder doesn't play? Or does Brandon Whitaker get brought back? Or is this a case of the Argos are going to try to make changes? I believe that the Brandon Whitaker ship has passed in Toronto. I believe that maybe through some kind of a grievance, James Wilder will be forced to play. I, I can't tell you for sure how that's going to end up because I can tell you it's not going to end up in a pretty situation with, you know, a guy under contract, not not reporting to his team. I guess, I guess they can put him on the suspended list and he's therefore suspended without pay. But this is where a name like... Dare I say it, Jerome Messam or Keenan LaFrance or one of those kind of guys is able to fill in. Yeah, and I'll say another position of need is perhaps the wide receiver position, um, given that they did lose Devere Posey to the NFL. You know, looking at their 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 list of wide receivers right now, you've got you've got S.J. Green, who was just re-signed as kind of your big guy, or Monty Edwards is the other one. But other than that, I mean... Jeff Fuller is a free agent. Um, they brought in Alex Charette, the for, a former receiver for the Montreal Alouettes, who didn't get a lot of time there. Maybe a guy like Jimmy Ralph, who had a, a, a decent season, uh, gets more of a look this year in the Argos wide receiver group. But I think they need to bring in a guy or two. Yeah, and maybe free agency is the place to do that, but also don't forget about the Canadian draft coming up. Right. So there's still some fairly substantial events that have to happen. 
Looking at the Argos list of free agents, um, do you want to start offensive or defensive side of the ball? I'll start with the defense. All right. So looking at the defensive side of the ball, let's start along the defensive line. Um, and it looks like they've made they've done a lot of the reshoring of their defensive line already. So they brought back Ken Bishop. Uh, they've already re-signed Cleon Lang. They've got Sean Lemon coming back. If Victor Butler is to play, you know, they've got him already. Uh, a couple defensive linemen that are free agents. Cameron Walker is one of them, and Daryl Wad is another. Um, at the linebacker position, Khalil Bass, Dorico Murray, and Bear Woods is probably the biggest name on the defensive side of the ball for the Argos. That's a free agent. Do you, do you think Woods resigns in Toronto, or are we looking at him hitting Tuesday's free agency? What, what position does Woods play? Middle linebacker? Uh, linebacker, yeah. There was a way the Bombers could fit him under the books. That would be an avenue that I would pursue, but I highly doubt it. Um, yeah, I think he's a, he remains a priority, but again, I think he's one of those guys that has earned the right to go to the market, and I think he will. At defensive back, they've got Matt Black, who had that interception in the Grey Cup. Uh, Jermaine Gabriel, Josh Mitchell. Oh boy, I'm going to mess this name up. Akwasi Ousuwanze. I think I did pretty good on that one, actually. Uh, Johnny Sears, Cassius Vaughn, who I believe picked up... I believe Vaughn was the one who picked up the fumble in the Grey Cup and took that one for a touchdown. Yeah, I think so, too. And defensive back Mitchell White. So, I... As far as I can tell, basically all of the defensive backs the are on the Argos roster are free agents for next year. Yeah, it's a... Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of change at that position. There should be. And, you know, the Argos, to me, are very, very intriguing. Like, they won the great cup, but to me, they are... They're one of the teams that have one of the most of uh, unanswered questions. The the Argos, to me, is one of those teams where, you know, okay, they won the Grey Cup next year, but does that mean I'm going to go and make them my Grey Cup favorites coming into next year, or I expect them to win it? I, I don't know if I necessarily see that from them, and maybe it was just due to their 9-9 record in the regular season. Sure, they impressed me, impressed me down the stretch, and they full-out earned the Grey Cup, but I don't know if I'm coming into next year thinking, oh, the Argos are the team to beat. The Argos, to me, have the most questions out of previous Great Cup champions, but more in recent years. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, looking at this defensive side of the ball, so the question becomes, you know, um, for a guy like, like if you had to choose one guy on this defense to bring back for next year, who is it? To me, to me it's Bear Woods, but... You know, the question I have then is, do you focus on bringing back a linebacker when you have some other ones still under contract for next year? Or given that, you know, the, the large number of big-name defensive backs they have, do they focus on signing some of them instead? I'm not sure, right? It depends how much money Bearwood commands, right? You might be better, you might be better off, you know, using Bearwood's money to sign a few other smaller profile players right and you know using the money that way or if you want to spend the money using one big ticket item 
there's a lot of financial stuff that we as fans don't understand. Yeah, and, and, and I would throw in maybe, you know, another name that's important to bring back is Mitchell White because he's always been a strong defensive back as well. There's a lot of questions. I need more questions than answers in Toronto right now. Looking at the offensive side of the ball then, um, let's start at the quarterback position. Cody Fajardo is a free agent for uh, this coming year. I mean, they've they've got their backup now in James Franklin, I imagine. I imagine Fajardo will move on to free agency here. Uh, the running back position I talked about already, how Brandon Whitaker is a free agent, uh, the James Wilder situation up in the air. At wide receiver, um, Jeff Fuller is actually the only wide receiver uh, for the Argos that is a free agent. Um, and then the offensive line, who can ever forget about the offensive line? The Argos actually don't have a single free agent on the offensive line. And that might be the one source of good news to protect their quarterbacks. Because uh... clearly... I mean, clearly the set they had worked to keep Ricky Ray healthy in 2017, so I think it's good to have that consistency for this year. For sure. Um, and then kicker Liram Harolahu is also a free agent for this year, and I imagine the Argos will be looking to try to bring him back. Yeah, again, it's all financial, right? How does the how does the financial complexity the raises fit under your team's salary cap? Is there a guy, given the limited, I mean, really offensive free agents, all there is out there is Fajardo, Whitaker, and Jeff Fuller. I mean, is are any of those a must-bring back for you? I don't see them as must-bring-backs when you have a bunch of guys on defense that you need to bring back, right? Focus on the defense. If you can bring back the guy like Fuller uh, to maybe a small base contract plus incentives, do it, but... There's nobody a pressing urgent need defensively. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that that has to be the goal in free agency is to obviously, hopefully before then, get some of your guys on defense brought back, maybe bring in a couple pieces there. I, the, the biggest question mark, I, and I'm interested to see how the Argos are going to play around this in free agency, is the James Wilder situation. I think you have to know that answer before you... Do- before you go out and do stuff on the free agent market. Because, like, what happens now? Like, if you're the Argos, do you, like, do you think, oh, what happens if he changes his mind? Then we have our running back, right? Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed for the Argos. I think the Argos have an answer. They just won't tell us publicly. Probably. That happens a lot. I'm sure Justin Dunk will figure it out sooner or later, find it out for us sooner or later, like he does every other news in the CFL. <laughs> True that. It's, you know, the saying is long existed. It's not news until Justin Dunk has reported it. And it's weird. Justin Dunk doesn't even work for the network that has the CFL. No, he does not. Any final thoughts here on the Argos to round things out, Mike? Well, like I said, more questions than answers about the defending Great Cup champs, and and that's weird to say, right? Usually the Great Cup champs are the ones that have the most stability, but again, Jim Barker, he didn't get busy in the next... Or, sorry, Jim Pop, he didn't get busy in the next couple weeks. For sure. 
That rounds it up. Nine-part series in the book, Mike. Off-season outlook for all nine teams around the CFL. It's been a lot of fun to take a look at, you know, what went happened in 2017 uh, with each of these teams and what they need to focus on. And, And now we shift to seeing, you know, do they fill those needs that they have? And, and that all starts, uh, obviously, free agency starts on Tuesday, and uh, that starts on uh, Friday this week for us when we shift our focus to uh, trying to predict where some of these guys go. So uh, look forward, yet another episode of the podcast coming out this week. We'll be recording Friday, um, predicting where the top free agents go. I'm sure we'll have some more CFL news by then to talk about. Um, as we expect a flurry of activity over the next couple of days. Last minute effort to make uh, some signings. For sure, yeah. Signings, maybe a couple trades along the way. I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure there will be a lot of news to discuss over the coming weeks. That does it for this episode. Again, if you haven't already, episode eight of the uh, off-season outlook series came out on Wednesday, so have a listen to that. That's on our iTunes SoundCloud pages. Look forward to our prediction show coming out on Friday as well. Lots of content on the way. Looking forward to it all. And uh, then everything I should mention but is not on the show SoundCloud is on MikeFMWinnipeg.com. Wonderful news, wonderful news. Lots to talk about. We'll continue to do so. That's it for this episode. For Michael Garrell, I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again on Friday as we uh, break down more heading into free agency. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.